BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ask me. Ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter. insane that you can't charge a zoom recorder like it's 2021 and it's running on batteries like do we work at radio shack i think it has like a cable that you can buy but i also then you have to be by a outlet you know what i mean like aren't we all at all we'll look into that (laughs) i'm sorry i think it just kind of speaks to like everything is shitty and everything requires the consumer like buy a dongle Buy an RX yeah. cable. Buy, oh, it's either Droid or Apple, and you're getting butt fucked either way. Sorry, kids. That's gross. That was so visceral. <laughs> this is what you're saying to the children on Thanksgiving week, the Americans. <laughs> you guys, turkey time is tomorrow. I have my own Ask Eliza anything, and I'm just going to share this as if okay. I were writing in. Okay. We have a relative in my Uh family, who has not spoken to the family in something ridiculous like 44 years, okay? Oh. It's not a relative that I... I, It's a relative that I only met recently. Obviously, there's nothing against me, although I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) It's not your fault. It's like this old generational beef, okay? But it's it's within a close family uh, position. (laughs) And so I invited this relative to Thanksgiving. And... They accepted. I was like, great. And then they asked me yesterday, would it be okay? This relative is older, you know, like your parents' age, but like a little bit older. Would it be okay to bring their on and off again girlfriend for the last (laughs) decade plus? And I'm not a big fan of plus ones in general or in my home. Like my whole life, I like adult life I throw parties and it's always your like comic friends like can I bring this girl that doesn't know we're on a date can I bring my <laughs> dingleberry boyfriend can I bring my idiot husband who you've never met it's like no you can't <laughs> just sit quietly yeah. in my living room anyway asks to bring her the only information I had about her was what he told me about her the first time we met which is that like she's yeah, kind of a hothead but whatever asks to bring her and I think about it and of course No one in my family gives me any direction. They're like, it's really up to you. I'm like, cool, guys. Fucking thanks so much. Love being the lady of the house. So I decline. (laughs) I say, you know, we're all really looking forward to getting to know you, many of us for the first time. And while I appreciate she's a security blanket, we'd all like to get to know you first. We're all looking forward to it. Okay? Mm. 24 people coming. I get a text today. Yesterday, she and I got engaged And I feel I have to choose between the two of you. So I will not be attending your Thanksgiving. God bless you all. Did they get engaged just just for this purpose? I have many theories. Part of me is like, if you're engaged, that's different than like a lady friend and you don't want to like be alone with family. But part of me is like, oh my God, were you planning on announcing this at the Thanksgiving, thus hijacking it? Oh, I don't know. I wonder if it feels, it does feel like they just got engaged so that that could be the response to not being allowed to bring her. But also I'm like, why, why are the only options either 
you go with her or me. Like, why not say we got engaged? I didn't, you know, it's a, now it's a surprise, whatever. Now can I bring her? Like, that's different. But I, I wasn't even given the chance to be like, oh, bring her along. Yeah, right. At that point, be like, actually, you know, I know that when we talked, she, I made it sound like it was kind of on again, off again, but we, we just got engaged. So she is, I would love to bring her. And then you would be like, yeah, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's not just some rando. Sure. But they didn't say that. And I'm like, okay, I don't know that I, I've never had a crazy family Thanksgiving and I don't know if I want to start now because I have like a new rug and I'm afraid people are going to spill. (laughs) Like I told Noah, he he couldn't make crudite because I'm like, because there's dip and the rug just got here. (laughs) And you know someone's going to get sloppy. You need to keep them all outside. (laughs) I can't wait to log off this podcast and give you like the full details with names. Oh my God. I'm waiting. Okay. But based on what you've presented, I think the thing you have to do is, even though this person is being so weird about it, is you have to be like, oh, okay, you're engaged. Great. Bring her, even though it's maddening. Okay. There's another part to it. Okay. This relative... (laughs) I have a very small family, both sides. My parents are divorced, but still small. This relative also asked if they could give a presentation to the family about when that specific branch of the family left Nazi Germany in the 30s. Now, first of all, my mom's whole side, like we are like fifth generation American Jews. Like we didn't, you know, everyone's got part of their family that I'm sure left, but- I was just like, well, there's only, of the side that you're on, there's only like four blood relatives. So, and there's 24 people. And I was like, while everybody, like while nothing says stuffing your face, like the Holocaust, I don't know that it would be right to make everyone sit through that. The the first time that they're joining the family uh-huh. for a meal, they want to do a presentation. I don't care what it's on. I don't want to watch a present. You got to set up AV in your house. Like I was like, can you drop the photos in a zip file? Like, <laughs> I'd love to know that stuff. But I was like, it'd be one thing if my parents were married and I wasn't married. Like if it was a smaller blood family, but it's not. It's all... It's like such an array of different people. And it's just like to get to get everybody there who's like there to celebrate, like and give thanks. Like, let's all sit down so that I can do my TED talk. Like, I don't it's, want that. I was just like, oh man, like it's just so many odd things. So can you say yes to plus one, no to presentation? Do they cancel each other out? No, I'm saying yes to Holocaust uh word word art. <laughs> No to the fiance. No, I'm saying no to everything. This is all in. We're catering 24 people. I'm carrying a baby. This is what I'm talking about, folks. You got to stand up for yourself. You got to say no. That's weird, but I'll see you soon. (laughs) Yeah. Can you, can you just say, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. I'd love for us to get together. Both of you have dinner with just you guys at some point. I don't know. I don't know. You don't want to. I'm still waiting for feedback from other. I haven't answered yet. Because part of me oh. is like, you could come, but then part of me is like, should we just get rid of the whole thing? Like, I shouldn't have to try this hard. Is this a person who knows how to listen to podcasts, do you think? I don't think so. Okay. This is a person who, when you text them, like, sometimes it goes to their email. <laughs> like, you're never <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we'll just, I, I think that's why I'm not naming names. No, but that is such an intriguing, weird, I mean, that twist is. Oh, my God. <laughs> What a, I'll need all the, your Thanksgiving is going to be great. I'm going to come out of Thanksgiving with a Holocaust story for you Mm -hmm. and a a contemporary Thanksgiving story for the rest of us. Do you think this will be your weirdest Thanksgiving? 100%. uh, We do have a relative who will not get vaccinated, so they will not be there. So that's like a bummer. Um, I think it'll just be a lot of people. And I really wanted to procure a wreath, but it's hard to get a wreath that is autumnal while simultaneously nodding toward Christmas without being too Gentile. And I found the perfect solution. It is made of moss and I'm going to dry oranges and put them on there. No Christ, (laughs) no Christmas, but also Christmas, but still fall. I've checked all the boxes. (laughs) Yeah. You are, you're really good at like the little touches, like your little pumpkins and like, like classy, just a little sprinkled throughout. Dude. I don't know. My decorator comes in. Like, we just finished getting all our furniture, and I can see, like, her eyes rolling in her head. I'm like, it's a velvet pumpkin. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I travel a lot through the Midwest. Let me buy my things. I know that they're 
You're saying classy. I know they're not. I know it's very hodgepodgey live, laugh, love, but. I think that the pumpkin is classy. The pumpkin is a noble gourd. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what are you looking forward to the most? For Thanksgiving? No, just as the world starts to end slowly. <laughs> yeah. It really is ending. I'm really, it feels a little less like it's ending here because it's actually cold, but yeah. it is ending. I'll tell you what, I was back east, not so cold in New York at the time, but Pittsburgh came through with the cold weather. Ohio was cold. I loved it though. But when you're up on that stage, it's pretty, it's pretty hot, right? Nor like with all those people or no? Lately it hasn't been, but then we did a show in Ohio for some reason. It was just really warm, but I don't, I love a good sweat on stage. Moving that monkey body around, dropping monkey sweat. I can't believe that baby is going all over. I was telling Emily, that's you. Yeah. People are like, how do you have the energy? I'm like, I'm going to give birth to a raisin because I have sucked out this baby's energy. Like I wake up every day. I'm like, let's go. Got to go to Christmas market. Got to see the world. Got to do my job. Good. The baby will come out easy then if it's little in there. Yeah, chill out. Tiny baby. <laughs> anyway, you see, you didn't say what you're looking forward to, but that's okay. Thanksgiving. Nobody, I mean, I am. Um, it's my fancy. first Thanksgiving with my family in eight, eight or nine years. I haven't been back for Thanksgiving since I moved to LA. Okay, which is weird because I always invited you to have it with my family. I, and you're did, like, I know I, I did plans. it with my friend Melissa. I know, but I didn't. Cool. I never flew back here for. Yeah, it. but where's that friend now? <laughs> Probably Florida, dead. I think. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool that you maintain that relationship. <laughs> We would always just go get like Gelson's Thanksgiving food and watch Christmas movies. Very laid back. That's and then cute. I would go to sleep. I've been like thinking about already, like when you're pregnant, your stomach is tinier and the baby's pushing on everything. So you can only eat a little bit. And I'm like, what's the perfect bite? <laughs> you so, have to make very careful choices. Very careful. No bread. And how are you going to do, like, so since you're hosting and you're having a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of food. You got to make sure that you call dibs on those leftovers. You know what I mean? I like care. everybody can't be taking all the leftovers away. No one's taking it. And also they can have it. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll be have, like, I'll, I'll be like a foie gras goose, just like cornbread <laughs> in my throat, waking me up, sleeping upright with a breathe right strip. There was a girl on the plane today who sat next to me. And she was a young girl. She was in her twenties and she had a dog about Blanche's size or Tianfu size. And it sat on her lap the whole time. And I'm sitting there like a full-on pregnant woman with a breathe right strip, just like struggling to breathe. And I, I like I remember I traveled with Blanche like that for nine years and I spared her telling her that. And I spared <laughs> her any pictures because she doesn't fucking care. She had fake nails and like a nose ring. And I was just like, I wanted to look at her and be like, this could be your future. <laughs> like, I was once I, a young beauty. <laughs> I saw you're your wearing that breathe right strip just out all the time now. I am normalizing wearing breathe right strips. And I said to Noah, I was like, people are going to think I got in a fight. He's like, nobody thinks an eight month pregnant woman got in a fight. And in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, no one can tell I'm pregnant. He's like, everyone can tell you're pregnant. <laughs> uh, from the side, from the front, you wear a lot of black. So still no. Totally. But uh, yeah, breathe right strip. Even this is like a struggle. Like it's, it's getting to that point where I'm like, every time I sit up in bed, it's like, Ugh. so Anyway. I mean, that baby's a coming. That baby's a coming. That's get. so crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, it's like seven weeks on the road, including 10 days after I got home from Europe on the East Coast. It's like I get this time out for Thanksgiving, then two more gigs. Then I get to take a break and have a child. <laughs> yeah, because you're home for most of December, right? Better be. Yes, I am. Oh my God, I felt so. I had to go to your website to be like, when's she out of the out of town so I know when we can record? I felt so out of the loop. December third and fourth, get those last minute <laughs> stocking stuffer gifts and come see me in uh, Oakland and Reno. Oh, and then I'm off okay, to so not too far. Localish shows. They're close. I don't think I could handle. We'll talk about my bottom of the cob. I don't think I could do oh, another boy. long plane ride. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a fun exercise. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I bet you nobody would say, um, I'd spend it thinking about things I can't change. I'd spend it having crippling anxiety. No, you'd say like, I'd go for a run or I'd spend time with my hobby or I'd pet my dog's tongue. 
And a lot of us spend our times wishing we had more time. And the question is, what do you want to make more time for? I bet the answer for a lot of people is your friends, your family, relaxing. Well, therapy can help you clear some space mentally so you can find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Think about therapy like housekeeping for your brain. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You go to betterhelp.com and you fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. No more driving across town. No more stressing out. BetterHelp makes it easy for you to get the therapy that you would like. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. There are a lot of people who speak Spanish in my life and they're teaching my daughter Spanish. And quite frankly, I want to keep up. Yes, I took Spanish in school, but I want my Spanish to get better. I don't want it to just be bueno. I want it to be muy bueno. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. Choose from one of 25 languages like Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. So you sound like a local, not an Android. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and can be used on desktop or as an app with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high quality affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic pared down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants. I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. But I'm ready for questions now. All right. We have uh, a couple of updates. One I think is interesting because it was we had a guy write in who was teaching English in South Korea and he met this guy who put bleach in his shampoo. Yes, the guy, yes. He, Yeah. every time he took him back, the guy like did like a weird, shitty, angry prank. Crazy stuff. So he moved back to Canada and this crazy guy was like, hey, I'm back here now too. Like, do you want to make amends? Should I meet up with him? And we were like, no, we're very scared of this man. So if he did, he doesn't get to ask the question. No. First off, I have no feelings for Bleach Boy whatsoever. The only reason I was entertaining the idea of meeting him was because I never got closure. After the bleaching incident, I gave him an ultimatum. Either I report him and he gets deported from Korea or I say nothing and he leaves on his own accord. You could get deported that, for he that? Vanished and blocked me from email and all social media. I was only thinking about meeting him to blast him since no. I never got the opportunity. Wait, hold on. Blast him like... Actually, you know, okay, <laughs> to tell him how fucked up the entire situation was and that I sincerely hope he's getting the help I think he so desperately needs. No, his, no. His okay. mother even messaged me an apology on his behalf. WTF, in any case, I never met with him. Great. After this convoluted story, my question is, what's your favorite color? Joking. What's the strangest thing an ex ever did to you after a breakup? Oh, okay. First of all, I'm glad you didn't meet up with him. Also, so relieved. goes for boys and girls. This thing, it's like... I just want to let them know like, and tell them to get the help that they need. You don't care if they get the help, okay? You're done. Mm-mm. This thing, I just want to make sure that they're okay. It's the equivalent of like a girl texting, like, how's your morning going? Like, you're just trying to get in for that sweet, sweet love. Um, I mean, there's strange and then there's like, oh, you're a fucking stalker. 
I had one boyfriend who I dated in high, uh, college who was a crazy person when I moved to LA, of course, endlessly harassed me and then would say things like, I will expose you. I'm like, okay, I'm 21. Like, expose me for what? There's always this threat that guy, like, everyone's going to know what you're really about. I'm like, a girl that just graduated college that has a day job at a desk? Um, I remember I had this boyfriend who moved here and we lived together and everything was great and we were in love. And he basically, like, just could not hack it in L.A., didn't have a job and had to leave. He just had to move home because he had, like, no prospects in life. And he had, like, quit anything that he may have been decent at and was very attractive, but, like, just, I guess a loser, but very attractive. Anyway. I remember he, like, basically, like, the relationship ended with a whimper, not a bang. And, like, months later, he sent me this email that was, like, I'm going to be coming back for you one day. And I'll be standing outside of your house. He was trying to be romantic, like, holding up a boombox, like, say anything. And I was just, like, that, I am smart, so I know better. It is so manipulative and narcissistic and, even though I don't think he's a narcissist, and selfish to be, like, I'm going to be coming back for you. Like, what's that? Like, so wait for me? Yeah. You didn't go off to war. You're broke. I I don't remember if I went off on him or I just like spammed the email so I never had to see it again. Yeah. I'm going to be coming back one day. So just like, just you wait. Like, fuck you, weirdo. Anyways, I'm still waiting. I mean, I had someone threaten to share my text messages once because I talk a lot of shit in text message. <laughs> I mean, I say a lot of mean things about other people via that's all here. That could be doctored, and that's all hearsay. And exactly. If anything, ever, I'm going to say it's all Photoshop. What was? Did what, you see? By the way, what? did you see that you were in Dumois? Oh my God! Laura Murphy, who directed my sketch show, literally just texted that to me. I don't know what Dumois is. Okay, I thought. Okay, so I'm warning you because now there's eyes on you. So it's basically this. <laughs> celebrity gossip Instagram and they will post anything that anyone DMs them. So they'll post a lot of like, they would post things like, I heard this about Army Hammer's cannibalism. Like, and they don't fact check it. And they're like, I don't know. I just got it from a source. So but they'll the also post a lot of like, I saw this person eating here. I saw right. this person at CVS. I saw yes, this person. She showed me. So you were spotted and at eating steak. You I was spotted. spotted eating steak at Balthazar. And this person was like, I love her. And they completely misspelled my name. Both parts of it. Which is like, just to remind you, you're not famous enough. Um, they could have been doing talk to text, which is what a lot of how people spell your name wrong, sure. I find most often. I wrote but. back to Laura. I was like, how cool of me to have been spotted. And I took my team out to dinner when we got to New York because we were doing all of these sold out shows at the Beacon and this big East Coast run. So went out to dinner. And I remember thinking like, it's New York, put on some fucking makeup. And we went and I had to get my steak well done, like trash because oh. I'm pregnant. It was really, yeah. it was difficult to eat. It's hard to eat like an expensive steak that's done like a hamburger. <laughs> but I did it. Well, now I feel like whenever I see someone on there once, they start to be on their marks. People are like, I saw them. So watch out. Be careful oh. out on the streets. Anybody see me at Rolling Green today buying pots and plants? Anybody see me buying a coffee on Fairfax? I'm out there. You know where you always got recognize like a girl would always come up to you I feel like whenever we went to Erewhon that's your really I have like no memories of going there we went there a handful of times I feel like years ago and every single time a girl would know who you were uh that's my demo also can I tell you that is so we got Taylor the new assistant yeah remember how you were like super anti ever coming into any building with me Mm -hmm. you're like I'm just gonna wait in my car and smell my own Mm -hmm. breath I'm gonna be here Taylor, I had a meeting at Soho House and I was like, Taylor, why don't you come? And she had never been. Yeah. And it was so cute because she was like, I'm, but look what I'm wearing. And like, it's okay. It's LA. Like, it doesn't matter. I was like, it's fine. Yeah. And she was like, can I bring my backpack? And I wanted to be like, no, you can't. Celebrities only. No one else can bring a backpack. But she, unlike you, was excited to be invited into a nice place and not have to sit outside like an alley goat. I was excited. I would just rather sit with my backpack away from those judging eyes. You can bring a backpack. Oh, God, they're not judging. Nobody there knows what they're doing. Anyway. Kick it. Mm-hmm. Also, someone sent us, uh, you know, we you had a lot of hot takes on baby clothing in terms of like with little sayings on it we were talking about. And someone sent us a baby onesie that's on sale at a Christian women's boutique. And it has a big piece of turkey on it. It says, I'll have the breast, please. 
That's horrible. It's also weird that you described it as a piece of turkey because that sounds it like shaved deli meat. <laughs> the breast, please. Yeah, none of that. Um, that being it's said, so gross. At the show in Ohio, somebody custom made a gorgeous onesie with stars on it, and in each star is Tianfu's face. <gasps> oh, that's very special. I'm gonna make sure that kid can wear that for a very long time, even till it. You gotta, you gotta put her, put her in it, and then take a picture of her next to Tianfu. Somebody Please. gave me like a little Chinese pink cape. I put that in my carry-on. So we got pictures coming anyway, or they've probably already come out by now. Let's do questions. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Eliza, I loved watching your Instagram stories across Europe. I was able to travel vicariously through you. So thank you always for sharing. Yeah. Now, my question. After college, both my brother and I moved to the same city about four hours from my parents. And when they came to visit about two to three times a year, we split hosting duties. Once my brother started living with his now wife, I took over hosting. For context, I'm a single woman in a small one-bedroom apartment. It's not super convenient for my parents to stay with me, but they're family and you do what you have to do. Well... My brother and sister-in-law have just had a baby. He's absolutely adorable. I love him. I love being an aunt. All right. My parents came up and, of course, stayed with me for a few days when he was born. No problem. They're coming two weeks later to stay with me for Thanksgiving. No problem. Okay. The problem. The problem, yeah. Last night, my mom said she'll be coming up once a month staying with me for the foreseeable future. She wants to spend time and make sure the baby knows who she is. The other grandma lives here in town. I don't think my mom wants to be left out. I tried to stay calm and not say anything rude, but I'm a little upset. That's a lot to ask of me and my Don't opinion. they have a house? So the parents live four hours away. No, the brother and the his brother, wife. That's what I want to know. So, so I know they say, I know she can't stay with my brother, sister-in-law, and brand new baby, and they don't really have a proper guest room either. Okay. It wouldn't be so bad if it was just my mom coming, but I know my dad will come too. Hosting them is exhausting. I've floated the idea of hotels before, but that was quickly shut down, and I'm not really in a financial place to foot the bill. First... Am I the asshole for not wanting them to come up that much? I love them and do enjoy seeing them. Second, do you have any advice on how to just tell my mom that she's asking a bit much of me? Thank you. That's tough because I actually don't know if I agree. I You want, I want your parent to come stay in your one-bedroom apartment every month for several days? Uh-uh. One-bedroom or studio? One bedroom, but so the mom's like sleeping on the couch and you just can't go in the living room? Is it for just a weekend? A weekend every single month. I mean, it doesn't say exactly how long, but she said she wanted to come up every single month for I mean, the foreseeable future. Okay, here's a question. Is it the worst thing in the world if your mom comes up on Friday, you guys have dinner, and Saturday she spends the entire day with the brother and the wife and then sleeps on your couch and then leaves Sunday? Why can't she sleep on the brother and the wife's couch? Isn't she there to help with this stupid baby? I completely agree. Is she there to help or is she there to just have fun and be cute? Because I wonder if that's just too much, having like another parent and a baby. I don't know. So it's tough because like your mom's like, I can't afford a hotel. Help me out. And you're like, once a month. Then again, this person raised you. And wouldn't it be nice to have dinner with your parents once a month? No, they can come drive the four hours, hang out for the day, and drive home. You know why I can't answer it? Because I'm not sure how this person feels about it. This person isn't saying absolutely fucking not. They're like, what do I, how, sh- am I the asshole? If you, well, if you're saying you do not want that and you don't want to help them and it's just too much of an inconvenience, I would just talk to your brother about like, I'm sorry, she's coming to see your kid. Why? Or can they do one night at my house, one night at your house? Yeah, I don't understand. It it seems unfair, number one, that when your brother got a girlfriend, uh, got a wife, yep. he the parents didn't have to stay at his house anymore and they only stayed at your house. Well, can it, I tell why you what is it is. that? It's- but also the fact that you're saying if it was just mom, it would be okay, but you're saying dad will probably come too. And then you have two other people they sleeping in your apartment. They can afford a hotel. Also, you know what it is? You're paying the price for being the single childless woman which is like something we do in our society. Like, oh, you're single and yeah. childless. You can take the shift. Oh, you're single and childless. You don't have any free time. We, you can, we can eat into your time. Oh, they have a family. They should go. Oh, the building's on fire. You stay and die because these people have a family. It's a little bit of that. I think your brother is the asshole. Yeah. So I would talk to him. At the very least, split it. But it's weird. Mom and dad can, can get a budget in. Get, um, yeah, get it's what, like 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. They come up, they drive up. 
they check in there. They go hang out. They have yep. dinner. They leave the next morning. At like the very that's least, what it, they stay one night in a hotel yeah. once a month if they can't afford a sixty dollar motel. If your brother six. can't step it up, or you could split it. You'd be like they can sleep in Friday and then go to your house. It shouldn't just be on you. I know what that feels like when you are just so not. I'm not coming from your point of view, but like as somebody that has their shit together, like all of a sudden things are on me, and I'm like, I'm sorry. What yeah. did I do? Why do I have to feel this? So you're not the asshole your brother is. Yeah, I think it's a thing of like just them expecting like, guess what? We'll be coming up every month. And it's just, and it sounds like that has just been how you've been treated. And I get why you finally want to be like, no, we're not doing this anymore. Like, It's a lot, especially if it's not like super fun. Yeah. And it's both of them. I would feel bad if it was just your mom and she was like single, but there's a dad there and he can Mm -hmm. get a room. Yeah. You two kids get a room. Dear Eliza, Emily, and the most precious snow peach in all the land, I have a super awkward question. What do you do when your best friends ask to borrow money? Over the past few months, my best friends each have been caught in a jam and lent money to each other, and I've lent money to one of them. She did pay me back. My other friend the other day then asked me to borrow $40 because she didn't budget properly and overpaid on a bill. I want to be a good friend and help them out, and I know they would do the same for me. But it seems to be getting How a bit do you ridiculous on now. A bill. They put the amount right there. <laughs> These two girls are the best friends anybody could ever ask for, but I don't want this to turn into a habit. I also want to note that both these girls don't have the strongest family relationships. I, however, am very lucky and know that I have my family to lean on if I ever came into financial struggle. I just don't know what to do. I hope this message made sense. So the issue is that you don't want to become a bank for your friend. Yeah, so the fact that that they've borrowed money from each other, one of them has borrowed money from her and paid her back, but then this other one wanted to pay, borrow $40 and it just seems like it it feels like it's something that might become a pattern. Yeah, for sure. Um I think you just have to It's, it's one I, of the, what? Go ahead. I think it comes down to and I've done this people because everybody in LA has like a Kickstarter they want you to contribute to. For a while there, it was like, I feel like oh everybody God. was asking to donate to their project. Everybody here and is so fucked up. Everybody's got a Kickstarter. Exactly. And so it came to the point where I was like, I'm sorry, I can't afford that right now. And it like feels crazy to say that to someone, but that's, you know, no is a full answer, but since it's your best friend, I think you say, I can't afford for, if she can't afford $40, maybe you can't afford $40. And I've said that. And then I had the person say, well, what about le- even a little bit helps? And I was like, are you, I just told you I literally can't afford it. And you're asking me for money. You're a ma- then, you know, that person's a maniac. But if you tell, if this is your best friend and you say, I can't afford it, or maybe, you know, if you do give her money, I think it's with the expectation that you Oops. won't get it back. And maybe it, you do it this but once. Wait, and- th- hold on. She paid you one, the one friend paid you back last time. Yeah, so now the other friend has asked her for money, and it seems like those two other ones are borrowing a lot from each other back and forth. So it just seems like she's kind of like, oh, I see what's happening over there. That's tough because you don't want to become, like, you're not a bank loan. Like, you don't want to become a walking bank loan. Yeah. And that friend saw that you did that. I mean, she saw that you have money. I I would just be like, I had that money at the time. I don't know what kind of job you guys have. I don't know if you make a lot of money, and so it's like, come on, cough it up. But- you're within your rights to just be like, I had the money at the time, but I don't want this to become a habit. You know, maybe you lend it to her this once and give her the chance to pay it back to you. But yeah, you don't want to become an ATM. Yeah. It's not an ATM. Yeah. It's a, a bank loan. You don't want to become bank loan. I would no. just not do it. I also think that's a great way to spoil a friendship. And also you shouldn't have to give, <clears throat> I don't know how close you are. And I don't know if you can spare it. You shouldn't have to give $40. Maybe you give it this one time and then be like, dude, I did it last time. It's a little weird. Also, it's weird that you overpaid on a bill. It's all done electronically. I think your friend lied. I don't like, I don't like this friend number two. Yeah, it is. I wonder if you're hesitant to lend it to her because you sense something. You don't trust her. Go with your gut. You know what? Don't lend it to her. Don't lend it to her. Or lend it to her knowing that it's kind of a test and you either get it back and you you aren't worried or you don't. You go, all right, well, I can write that off. 40 bucks after taxes is like $5. So if that works out logically, you should be okay. (laughs) Okay. Hey, Eliza, Emily, Teeny, Beanie, Chino, and other listeners, I have a holiday doozy for you. Oh, I love it. 
The day after Mother's Day of this year, my mom was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive form of stage three breast cancer. And because she's divorced, I became her caregiver while also working full time at 27 years old. She's hundreds of doctors' appointments, it's a lot. chemo treatments, <laughs> and a major surgery later, we've been trucking through this, just her and I. My two adult yet completely useless brothers, who cannot complete a task when it is delegated to them, were not an option to help, especially since her surgery was very major and everything fell on me. Although my mom is one of six siblings, the only person to call me all year and ask how things were going was one aunt on my dad's side. Not once has a single member of my mom's side of the family shown up for her or I. Because of this, I've decided to go no contact with them and stop attending holiday gatherings. My question is this. Should I tell them why I am choosing to no longer participate? My mom has no backbone, especially when it comes to family. Is writing a letter going to help them learn from this? Or should I just try to find peace and move on? Thanks, you Abby. definitely tell them. Because then you're just suffering in silence and they're thinking, oh, they've Abby and her What's mom have got it figured out. Everything's fine. Or what happened to them? Each sibling probably thought another sibling was checking in. I don't, or they're not that close and it's not that weird, but you should definitely relieve yourself of that burden. And you don't have to write a mean email. You can write it from a hurt place. Like, hey, you guys, I see that I'm invited this year. Um, Because by the way, like, make sure you're right with that charge. Because what you don't want is for them to be like, various aunts and uncles to be like, we did call. Your mom didn't pick up or I did. You know, just make sure you're right. And then just explain it to them and give them an opportunity to be like, I'm so like some people get afraid when someone's sick and they don't want to say the wrong thing. It's wrong, but like it may not be coming from a bad place. Give them the chance to at least apologize because the goal should be to be together, but you're allowed to be hurt and send it from both of you or just send it from you. Yeah, just send it from you. It could it, it could be coming from a place of ignorance and they just, you know, and they might go, oh my God, we, you know, and be there realize. and change. Or maybe they won't. You can go, great, I'll never talk to any of you again, bye-bye. And not and not sit and stew and they're just like, oh, Abby's just doing her own thing. Not yeah, even, you don't know. They're having a great time and you're just mad. Exactly. So you don't deserve that. So that's no. what I vote. Because also give them the chance. Wouldn't it be nice if they apologize? Like, how bad would you feel if you just like teed off on them and they were like, oh my God, we're so sorry. How selfish. Then you leave no room for like a healing. So just put it out there. Be like, this was really hurtful. Mm -hmm. An apology doesn't make up for everything, but you know, give them the opportunity. You want to make, you want, I'd like, think you'd like to know that they weren't coming from a horrible place. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't put it on yourself. Also, congratulations on, on how well your mom's doing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Do your own better holiday. I guess mom's probably going to the holiday, though. Good luck with that. Safe to say everybody loves bread, but everybody doesn't eat bread as often as they would like to because of bread guilt, right? Health concerns, carb fear mongering. I mean, if we could, we would eat toast sandwiches made of toast, nice layer of sandwich bread on the top, toast in the middle, and wash it down with a nice glass of bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. You should feel good when you eat bread. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber, which is what you want. Hero Bread is delicious and flavorful, and it's soft and it's fluffy, so it puts you right back there, you know, years ago, eating your favorite sandwich before we were afraid of wheat. And they have something for everyone. They have sliced bread loaves, they have buns, they have tortillas. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code ELIZA at checkout. That's ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hurry and get 10% off your order when you use ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. All right. How do I tell my husband that he is a bad dad? I thought you were going to say bad kisser. We have a very energetic four-year-old boy, and I do not doubt that my husband loves my son and vice versa, but too often something happens that will make me uncomfortable. It is never anything related to abuse. It's more treating our son like he's older and not the child he is, like being overly sarcastic to him when he asks why, not attempting to help him with tasks he's still learning, and telling him to grow up during a terrible tantrum. Terrible two tantrum. Mm. To be fair, I have a master's in a psychology I he was field, four. so I've taken. What? She said terrible two tantrum. I thought she said it was four. I guess just, just this is over mm. the course of the last four years. Wow. Well, okay. 
To be fair, I have a master's in a psychology field, so I've taken numerous child development, family dynamic, child abnormal psych classes, and so on, on top of reading parenting books and following moms and dads I look up to on social media. So safe to say I am more informed than my husband. But every time I try correcting his parenting, he gets upset that I am not on his side and refuses to hear me out. At first, I thought it was just a phase. Maybe he was having a hard time adjusting to being a dad, but the relationship between them is affecting our marriage. Any advice is appreciated. I cannot give you advice on this. I don't have a child. I th- like it would be so out of my league for me to be like, here's what you tell your husband. Uh, I think a lot of parents are like, I just treat my kid like an adult and that's the way I parent. I don't know that your husband's a bad dad. I think he makes choices you wouldn't make. And hopefully they're not harming your child. You know, a kid doesn't understand sarcasm. And it could just be he doesn't have the skills to deal with it. But it's even phrasing it like he's a bad dad. Would you be receptive if someone's like, how, how do I tell you? You're a bad mother. You know? So maybe look for the good stuff he does. And can you be gentle? Be like, can you say it softer? You know, he sounds like the kind of dad that be like, I don't want the kid to grow up to be a pansy. But some people just can't relate to children. I might be one of them. But I, would, I wouldn't I would say bad dad. I don't think he, he's probably not a bad dad. I think the bigger issue is that you guys can't have a conversation about the parenting and kind of like what you're going to yeah. do. Like when he has a tantrum, you should be on the same page about how you're responding, you know, or when he asks why and your husband is really sarcastic with him, maybe having like, as you said, Eliza, a gentler conversation about yeah. like kids don't get sarcasm. And I get that that's how you talk to adults, but he just hears it as mean, you and know, also, but like, it sounds like he won't have a conversation about it. There's like lessons for little kids and then it's like chill the fuck out. Remember that guy? He was like some writer on Twitter and he, his daughter asked for a can of beans, which is like weird, but whatever. Yes. And he like tweeted out the whole process, how he like forced her to figure out a can opener. (laughs) And then he like, this guy like lost his job and got canceled because he was like trying to be funny and like teach her a lesson and the internet, because all people on the internet are perfect parents. Just ruin this guy for life. I remember when that happened, seeing like Bean Dad and then having to go figure out Google and figure out what was meant by Bean Dad in the jokes. Like I was like, I need the origins of Bean Dad. But that's like, I couldn't, if you handed me a can opener, I'd be like, "Uh." Really? Come on, Emily. I mean, it takes me a second because some of them are different. I'm like, you put it on the top. You click. Like if I was a little kid, I wouldn't know what to do. But yeah, it's. I'm sure that person loves their bean kid. But I think the issue is that this this husband will not hear the wife out. But maybe she's not hearing him out. You guys have to have a conversation. Yeah, the issue is that you can't communicate. Kick it. Yeah. Okay. Small dog. Easy. Wanted to start with a massive thank you for being brave enough to say what you believe, stand behind it, and not apologize. You give so much amazing advice that I feel like many of us know, but somehow hearing from a third party really helps it to sink in and makes all of us feel validated and less alone. Yeah, I do. I think that's, yeah. That's why I think it's always like when we do questions, it's like, oh, we've answered something kind of like this, but I think... Look, no, it's good. Repetition is good, and it's part of my top of the cups. That's why I'm not chiming in now. I don't want to spoil okay. it for later. I only have so okay. much energy for the rest of this episode. So my question: I'm Cincinnati. a relatively senior service professional. I'm a lawyer. Fuck like, it, I'm wait, a lawyer. Yeah. Honestly, no one service, cares. Just say it. That's fine. Service professional makes it sound like you're like the best waiter. I think she was trying to like be cagey about what what our job is, but she's just like, no, okay, I'm just a lawyer. I've genuinely worked my ass off for seven years in this profession and can honestly say I know that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to my area of expertise and have been told so by numerous people much more senior to me, including clients. My question is this. When you have been faced with a situation where you know you are right, skilled, better, et cetera, but the overall framework of your profession or industry requires you to wait your turn, how have you managed this? I feel like I've spent my whole career being told that I have the it factor, but just need to be patient, be quiet, be nicer, be more something until it's my turn and the level of overall acceptance of the strict hierarchy in spite of merit is exhausting. It sucked for me coming up, but now it's even worse watching the really talented people who work for me go through it and I feel powerless to help them. I know sometimes you have to play the game and smacking people over the head with your awesomeness isn't helpful. But any tips for staying sane while waiting our turn or helping others to do so? It's There's some parallels in show business because it is a waiting game. Um, 
I don't, I believe you can be making lateral moves that will bear fruit later. You can't force yourself to be famous. You can't force someone to hire you. You can't force people's opinions, but consistency, while not rewarded in the short, short term, because people love something new in the long term is more beneficial. I've never been an it girl, but I've seen a lot of it girls come and go. And so, and I'm still here. Um, you know, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, but I think there are ways you can be setting yourself up. If you have it and everyone's telling you you got it and you're missing something, I would look very hard at what it is that you're missing because somebody out there is just as talented as you and they're getting ahead. So what can you do in the darkness that helps you shine in the light? I took that from Under Armour, but I love it. <laughs> also, this idea that we're entitled to anything, you know, show business is a meritocracy, but like we're not entitled to it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So do you find joy in what you do anyway? I find a great joy in what I do, regardless of if I'm invited to a party or nominated. Like Elder Millennial should have had an Emmy, but it didn't. But that doesn't mean that you don't keep trying because I, I love making the art, you know? Also, that nobody fucking cares. That ad campaign was so brilliant. Not even the ad campaign, just the art for it was so good. Yeah. But uh, so you should be happy with what you're doing in the meantime. And it sounds like you're kind of not, you know? It sounds like you you need to find some joy and purpose in that. And I don't care about the people that are coming up that are going through it. it that's not your concern. You need to be sitting down. And if you really want to know, Ask the people who are senior to you, who are praising you. Be like, what do you think I could be doing? Can I get some feedback? You know, because there's always something else you could be doing. And it might be that small thing or an outlook that unlocks your own happiness, or your own potential. Talent right. is, is the easy part. What, what is it that you're waiting for? Is it like a thing of when you're older, people will respect you more? Like, are you waiting That's the for thing. promotion? Like, Look, all of that being said, I'd also like to say, People make the mistake of thinking that somebody is coming to give you a golden ticket. It doesn't work that way. Like I can be consistent and like one day like an executive will crown me. One day a massive comic will endorse me or they see you hustling and everybody's focused on their own shit. Nobody is going to make it happen for you. Nobody's going to ordain you. Okay. Yeah, it for it's, it's not like that thing where you hear like, oh, this actress was spotted in a exactly. at the soda fountain and they were like, do you want a contract for 15 pictures? You know, She's it like, doesn't. Can I fuck a president and get a pill problem? <laughs> so uh, make it happen for yourself. And if you don't feel valued at your company, go somewhere else. Yeah. Nobody is coming to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the way, by the way, I took my own advice. Like, I don't wait for someone to be like, do you want to write a book? I write my own book. I don't wait for someone to be like, why don't you write us a script? I write my own. And that begets other opportunities. I produce my own things. I write my own stand-up. I book like, nobody is going to do it for you. Not you that you are lazy. Yeah, not that you're lazy. I'm just saying there's got to be some lateral moves you can make uh, for the future that don't yeah. involve other people's approval. And some networking you can do. Yeah, start, get out there. There's a whole bunch of people out there that are meeting without you. That being said, I decline almost every movie premiere because I'm well, tired. I mean, you're very tired. You're very pregnant. Yeah, I'm pregnant. So what? I kick it. Hi, allies and friends. Hey. I'm currently a senior in high school in a really small school. My grade only has 75 kids in it. I've been in the same group of friends all four years, but this year I'm starting to be left out of things. My friends are starting to make big group chats without including me. They'll all hang out without me, etc. This feels kind of out of the blue for me because I don't think I've been doing anything differently or acting differently, so this whole thing feels very strange and hurtful. I've tried to talk to a couple of them about it, and they say that it's not intentional. Do you think it's worth trying to save these friendships? Slash, do you have any advice on how to make it make the most of this year, even though I'm in kind of a shitty situation? Love the podcast. I've been listening since May nip. Ooh, long. You're a lifer. Um, yeah. It sounds like one of them doesn't like you and has poisoned the rest against you. And because they're girls, they sit around and like talk shit and like kind of like this. Girls like to be mean to other girls. Uh, or you're. Or you're not hot. Um, or, you know, is it that they drink and you don't? Like, is there something that you don't do that they do? I went to a school with 100 kids in my grade. So 
I can't say I was always the first person to be texted, but I was texted eventually. Um, you're probably not going to get a straight answer because none of them have the balls to be like, you know what it is? It's that we don't, whatever. So you can straight up ask all of them, but that's a little too vulnerable. I would just try to connect with other kids in your grade because you don't want to be the girl that's like, why didn't you text me? Because you know what they're doing behind your back? This might be a hard pill to swallow. They're like, Ugh, who's going to text her? I don't want to. Let's just pretend we didn't. Dude, I've had parties where I'm like, just say that you threw it for me so I don't have to invite that friend. <laughs> so unfortunately, this is growing up. And usually this happens in middle school and it's a bummer. But I would, uh, I would think long and hard. Is it someone specifically... Do you not do the same activities? Are you growing apart? Is it, are you too hot? <laughs> but also like- It only folk- takes one. It only yes. takes one of those other people in the group to not like you and for them to be the organizer yes. and them to set up the group chat yes. and not include you. It doesn't mean that everyone hates you. It means that everybody's a high school person and yeah. they don't have the dumb. the uh, emotional or mental fortitude to in any way stick up for you. And so Young they girls, just let it, let it exactly. ride. Young girls are dumb and mean, sorry, um, especially when it comes to other girls. So unfortunately, you got to go through this. There's probably not much you can do. You know, you don't want to like have a party and be like, hey, everyone, you're all invited. I made pineapple cupcakes. Um, can you date someone really hot? That way everyone will want to hang out with you again. Are you hot <laughs> enough to do that? <laughs> I mean, find other people to hang out with. I'm sure I you have other also friends remember elsewhere. Your senior school's almost done and you're about to go to college and life's about to get fucking lit. Right? Did mm. she say she's a senior in high school? I mean, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. It's your senior year. It's you don't over. need them. No, you don't need them. And you know what? It's lame when people are like, we're still best friends in high school. It's like, cool. Did you not expand your horizons at all? Take this yeah. opportunity to get to lube it up and get ready. Sorry, that is so <laughs> inappropriate for a child. Well, you're right. Get ready. Life's a coming. You know what? Think of it as they've unburdened you. Go hook up with that hot weirdo that you've always like flirted with. Go be friends with those dorky kids because they are going to run your Facebook page one day. Go be <laughs> friends with people who understand Bitcoin. Like, find some other friends. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Eliza and Emily. I really need your help. Sorry, this is long, but I'll do my best to keep it short. Okay. I'm a teacher, and a year ago, I started sleeping with the art teacher slash coach. At first, it was just fun, but then feelings developed. In July, he suddenly switched up on me and gave me the silent treatment because I looked at his public Insta page after I hadn't heard from him for days. Before the shady act, we texted daily. He told me finally that he was trying to focus on his art and didn't want a relationship. I was okay with that. School starts up and he's flirty with me again. We start hanging out more, agree to be sexually exclusive and dating. I take us on a trip and after the trip, he switched up again. Just not as bad as before, but I know something was off. I'd ask, he'd say everything's fine, made me feel like I was crazy. But to go from good morning baby and things like that to just GM was noticeable. Ew, why bother? So in the middle of October, we hang out before a school event in the morning, and it seems like things are good again. Then slowly it becomes rocky. I call him on Halloween because I hadn't heard from him, and he gets mad at me for it. I end up apologizing for caring enough to call. Then we talk, and he doesn't want to date anyone, not in a place to, his words. We agree to still be sexually exclusive. That Friday, we go out, have this super romantic night. He tells me all kinds of loving things and gets my hopes way up. Next night, I catch him with another woman confront him and find out he's met her daughter and they are, quote, building something, her words. My heart just broke. He's yelling at me like I'm the bad guy. She's asking me when we last were together and I panicked and gave a later date than the truth. Why? That Monday things are weird. Then it's this flirt, not flirt thing with me again. This week he tells me he misses me, can't stop thinking of me, how close we are. Oh my God. You're a teacher. We're almost through it. He and we end up kissing that night and talking about getting together this weekend. Friday, though, he gives me the brush off and says he can't because of his daughter and is very dismissive. Fairly certain the other woman is back in the picture, which is why I'm out. Text him today and no reply. I'm so hurt and I can't just no contact him because of working closely together. Help. Also, I know he's a narcissist and I've trauma bonded with him, but I feel so lost. I hate it. Thanks and really love the podcast. First of all, all I kept thinking was, wow, public schools need more funding if your art teacher and your gym teacher are the same person. Like those are not the I same, know. not the same parts of the brain. Um, I, you know your answer. Like this guy, by the way, what do I always say? 
This guy has been telling you who he is and you've been yeah. teaching him how to treat you. He knows he can always come back to you. He knows when he's bored with the girl he's with, he can text you and he can flirt with you because he has no respect for you or your feelings, okay? Mm-mm. So let me ask you this. Would you like to go through another couple months of this roller coaster or cut it off now and spare yourself the rest of this pain? You can be cordial and professional and block him in your off time, which is when you are sexual with him, okay? As for that woman, uh, I would have no problem just if it's not too late to be like, by the way, I got it wrong. It's actually this date. The fact that you felt a sense of obligation toward him when she was interrogating you means you do not have your priorities straight. And this is fully insane. And you're going to lose so much respect for yourself. You are not his doormat. I almost said something way grosser, but you're a teacher. So doormat. I'm serious. He's just using you. This guy does not care. He doesn't. No. And, and you're like just willing to sign up for it. He's like, great. I can dump out in her anytime and just be sweet when I want it when we're drinking and then I'm bored. He's having fun that there's someone at work to flirt with because that does yes. make work more fun. Yes. You know, but that's why I liked having Emily here. <laughs> but you, you know, you said you're like, oh, I know that he gets weird. Like it's when this other woman is in the picture and he's met her kid or she's met his kid. He has you a kid. I don't know. But we're not this desperate. Okay. No. Like, that's cool. And then when you start dating another guy, you'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was even hanging out with this gym teacher slash artist. Also, yeah, you're saying, like, yes, you work together. But, like, you're in your classroom. He's in his classroom. Like, you're not teaching the art together. Like, you're not that. Also, he told you he couldn't be in a relationship because he needed to focus on his art. How was that not the biggest turnoff? (laughs) Yeah. You know it. And you're asking us. And we're here to tell you. Get out. He's not worth it. I've really got to focus on my paper mache hut. (laughs) I've really got to focus on my science project volcano. (laughs) Hard pass. Come on. You know what to do. Top of the cob. Tip of the cake. It's the top of the cob. You're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Okay. My top of the cob is... um, Sorry about the sniffles, folks. I literally can't breathe out of my nose. I... um always read the cards and letters that people give after a show. And I noticed like kind of overall lately, first of all, I got some really touching ones. Um, this last show in Cincinnati, uh, I get touching ones all the time, but more and more these cards mention the same things. And it's one thing to be like, Oh, a lot, you know, you're a role model and very nice things that are, you know, I didn't set out to be, but I do love hearing, but it really is touching the amount of people that mentioned don't panic pantry. And, you know, it's something that we started out to do just from, so we could entertain ourselves and help people. We really did want to help people. Art is not typically an altruistic thing. It's kind of selfish, but we really did want to encourage people like it's going to be okay, even if we didn't know it was going to be okay. Um, And the amount of people that write in, like, we had dinner with you. I live alone. I had dinner with you every night. Me and my husband watched it every night. The love for what Don't Panic Pantry was, And the love, Noah gets like weird about this, but like the love that I see for Noah and the amount of women that write in that bring up how much they love seeing me and Noah. I don't think of someone that like is performative with my relationship or like we don't, I don't post a lot of like me and the hubs. Like, and if you do, that's great, but I'm very happy in my marriage and I definitely don't feel the need to prove anything, but I find it very pure and genuine and sweet how many women look at my relationship And they want that for themselves because there's a thin line between love and hate. We all like have those celebrity couples. Not that we're that. We're like, I love them. You're like, I actually think I hate them. It's hard to take care of your hair when there's quite frankly, too many options. Of course, you're skeptical. Everything promises to give you all the answers you ever wanted that genetics couldn't give you. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Every bottle of pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. I love that pros goes in-depth. I mean, they asked me my zip code to understand how the water in my area affects my hair. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. 
Pros is so confident that you'll love the results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash askaliza. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash askaliza for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash askaliza. Uh, are you upset that because you're married, you can't date Pete Davidson? <laughs> I was going to take a real swing at it. I got my own big dick energy over here. Also, Noah has a big dick. Anywho. Um, right. This just, is Thanksgiving. Your family listens to this. No, I feel like don't. his family is more likely to listen to this than your family. It's okay. They know what's up. His family knows he has a large penis. Um, Are you going to be but, doing any any Thanksgiving uh, posting? I know you're not going to do an episode, but do you think you'll post your spread at all so we can see what you're eating over there? I actually don't know. I think... It'll be like, he's already posted. He was making mushroom stock today in the days before Thanksgiving. I mm-hmm. think it's like a little gross to be like, here's my plate. Like mm-hmm. I started looking at the majority of things that are posted. and I'm just kind of grossed out by opulence and decadence and even material possessions of which I have many. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just mm-hmm. really internalizing your cards and the things that people say. And so you don't ever have to write me a card, but when people really take time to express what, how my comedy or my career, my choices in this career have helped them. It is a very nice thing to read because I do feel like I do it in a vacuum, but the DPP and the Noah of it all, I found really touching. Yeah. That was my tip of the kip. It is very nice how everybody very much embraced him in the same way they do Jianfu in the same way that they will the baby. And it just is like spending that time. They're not like, we're just here for Eliza. Like he's, the heart of Don't Panic Pantry. He really is. But I'm the razzle-dazzle. All right. Why? What's, what's your top of the cob? Uh, my top of the cob is for my first Thanksgiving home in eight years, nine years. I'm just going to get to eat. Nobody's coming over. Usually, I feel like whenever my family has holidays, there's like strangers over. Yeah. Uh, That's the like best parents, part. friends. And then you have to like put on a nice top, you know. God like forbid. Be, be chit-chatty. Which I've done and I will do and I'm doing it at There's Christmas. There's only you and your mom and your dad? There's just the three of you? Yeah. That's a tiny one. That's like a Swanson's frozen dinner. That's my dream. That's all I want. I'm going to have the best time. I'm going to get to eat all the mashed potatoes and pie and stuffing. And I'm trying to see if we can figure out my grandma's recipe for artichoke, spinach artichoke. It's not a dip. It's like big cooked artichoke hearts. It's like artichoke cart Ooh. casserole and I want to yeah. figure that out. Uh, but okay. I'm very excited for that. Okay. People keep DMing me because they, we had that episode recently and they're like, when Eliza called you out and you were eating trout, that was shocking. <laughs> it was funny. It felt, it was such, it was such a reckoning because you're always like, quit eating. And I'm watching you nibble off camera and you're eating fish. <laughs> Secretly eating fish. What's your bottom? The bottom of the cob actually happened to me this morning. I was on a flight home from Cincinnati uh, to get to LA and- I fly a lot and I, I pregnant, I've flown all over Europe. Everything's fine. Obviously I'm the most pregnant I've been. Um, yes. And I wear compression socks when I fly, which I never really thought mattered because I don't, I'm not swollen or anything, but I, I bought them as a precautionary measure. And I was about an hour into the flight and I woke up and my feet were tingly. And that happens to me sometimes or anybody if you like, you know, you're in a seat. So you're, yeah. an artery is up against the armrest or you're on your arm falls asleep but they were tingling a lot and I started to get nervous because yeah. I was like, why won't they stop tingling? And then I'm sitting there alone in the seat and I'm like, oh my God, do I have deep vein thrombosis? What is deep vein thrombosis? <laughs> like, is my, am I giving myself an aneurysm? Like how does blood work? And then my stomach started to hurt and I was like, I'm pretty in touch with my body and I'm like, okay, it's your upper stomach, which is not where the baby is. So maybe you're just hungry. It's like, well, I only slept three hours and I ate kind of late. So- how hungry could I be? Is it acid? Is it gas? And like when I feel it in my chest, I'm like, I know it's gas. Like if you feel it in your chest, you know it's gas, but I'm like, or it's not. And for the first time in my life, I actually had to get up and stretch my legs and like move my feet and I couldn't get comfortable. And I think just sitting in those seats like constricts the blood of which you have more of, but I started to get scared. And then I fell asleep for a little bit. And in the dream, which is part of your third trimester, I'm like textbook third trimester symptoms is you have these like really weird vivid dreams. And I had a very vivid dream that I was at a doctor's checkup and I like collapsed on the floor. 
Oh my and God. It, I thought it was actually happening. Like I woke up nervous. I also had one of those, I don't know if you've ever had these dreams on planes where you have a dream that the plane has to make a landing. It's never an emergency landing as much as like, oh, we have to stop in Denver, like on a freeway. Yeah. And so I thought all these things were happening and my legs were, it was just a really fucked up flight. And uh, yeah. I was just staring. I couldn't watch another episode of Big Bang Theory. And so I was just staring at like the flight tracker, like trying to like tell myself, okay, you see you're coming in, you're flying over Las, Las Vegas. That's an hour away from home. Then it's a half hour, it takes a half hour to descend. Like just trying to talk it out. And I hate to say this, you're supposed to keep your mask on. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe through my nose, even though I had the breathe right strip. And I was like, not hyperventilating. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but like it was tough. And I was that person. I just took my mask off to drink uh, like a soda water and nobody came by. And I was just like hiding in my hood. I was just like, I, I can't breathe. So it was scary. Yeah. When you landed was, and you like got up, did your legs still feel weird? No, I felt totally fine. And I got the legs to feel fine halfway through. But like the whole time as a pregnant woman, you're like, am I killing my baby? Like what yeah. is happening? And I was just like, you're being irrational. This is not how it happens. Put your mask back on. Well, you made it through. You made yeah. it through all the that all those big legs of your trip. Big legs with my tingly legs. Oh boy. Well, my um my bottom of the cob, I my laptop was having issues, so I sent it in. So I'm on my old laptop that uh, the keyboard and mouse don't work because I dropped a smoked salmon bagel face down onto it, <laughs> and so it's all doesn't work. So you're disgusting, <laughs> disgusting eating hummus. That should still work. It's not like salmon soup. Caper juice got all up in the trackpad. Oh my god, I did the caper juice, folks. We would love for you to like and subscribe. I know We're a thankful. lot of you listen to the pod because more and more of you are coming up at meet and greets to say like, "I love Ask Lies Anything." So thank you. Please leave a review. A nice one, not a shitty one. Don't be mean. Yeah. Uh, Apple Podcasts is really the only place you can leave a review. I think maybe you can in Stitcher. So if you listen somewhere else, thank you for your support. Share it. You know, over the holidays, Share if you're it. in America and you are you don't know what to talk to someone about, be like, Load have you up. heard of this podcast? No, not even just America. This goes worldwide, baby. Well, I'm saying the holidays in America. It's not right. a holiday anywhere else. It's Christmas everywhere else all the time. They don't have Thanksgiving. Okay, just in the Tomorrow season. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Yeah, for some. Okay, so, you know, share it. And just know that we love you and we love doing the podcast and it really is so touching that so many people listen. I get a lot of people who have really hard jobs. They're like, I load up on the pod. No one talks like that but me. And then I go into work and I deal with my shit boss. So we love our listeners and we love you guys and we're a real cottage industry here. And uh, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I think it's our first Thanksgiving back. We're not done with COVID, but like people can be together. I know I'm taking advantage of it. We're making yeah. everybody prove that they're vaccinated. Everybody has to get a rapid test and we're eating outside. So great. Very Look, much better safe than sorry. I don't know. Sometimes it feels good to be sorry because then you could be like, at least I wasn't safe. Tip down. Well, not when there's a baby. Yeah, I got to be careful with the baby. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.